You are listening to the Thoughts from a Page podcast, which is a member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name is Cindy Burnett, and I'd love to talk about books with anyone and everyone. While listening to my podcast, you will hear author interviews, behind-the-scenes conversations about various aspects of the publishing world, theme discussions with other book lovers, and more. For more book recommendations and a complete list of all of my interviews, check out my website, thoughtsfromapage.com, and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Thoughts From a Page. In 2022, I would love for you to join my Patreon group. I offer at least two bonus episodes a month and a monthly advanced read and pre-publication author chat. For those on Facebook, I host a special Patreon Facebook group where we all chat books. Thanks so much to those who already participate, and I hope you will consider joining us. Today, I am chatting with Carrie Hansler, co-founder of Sweet Reads Box, a Canadian monthly book subscription service that recently launched in the United States. Sweet Reads Box sent me a sample box before our conversation so I would understand what all the hubbub was about, and I cannot wait to gift friends a box at the holidays. I am an avid supporter of books and reading, and also companies that strive to widen the reach of various books and support reading. And Sweet Reads Box does just that. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Carrie. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Welcome, Carrie. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Cindy. Excited to be here. I'm so excited that you're here too, because this is the first subscription box interview that I will have done. And I just love the box that I received that included Iona Iverson's rules for commuting and all sorts of goodies. So I can't wait to talk about my particular box, but also just all about Sweet Reads box and everything that's involved with it. Amazing. Me too. So you are the co-founder of Sweet Reads box. Can you tell me about that? how it works, how you ship, how people can buy them, just the whole shebang. Absolutely. So it started because I was looking for a gift uh, for my husband to purchase for me for my birthday. So I wanted something that would arrive at the door that I didn't need any thought about and I could just sit down and enjoy it. Uh, I looked and I looked and I found other book subscription boxes. So we started in 2017, less than are on the market now, but different ones as well. And so I couldn't find one that included like a drink and a sweet. I just wanted to have it all together. So on a road trip, actually, with my kids sleeping in the back seat, I pitched the idea to Mark and said, I think we should do this. We both love to read. Uh, he's an accountant, so brings a different skill set than I do. And this is sort of how we started. Just out of a passion, thought that this would be a fun idea. And it's sort of grown from there. And yeah. And you're in Canada. So it started in Canada, but you've recently launched in the US as well, right? 
Yes, that's correct. So we started in Canada and focused on Canada. We ship Canada Post in Canada and love that it reaches every corner of Canada. It's we're a big country and we wanted people in the far north as well as east and west to be able to read and subscribe. So we started with that and and tested the market that way. And then we found a number of, you know, American readers were really excited about the box. We're asking us questions if we could ship, if we could do this. And so I love following rules. So I wanted to make sure we did it really correctly and worked through customs and whatnot so that we're able to ship to the United States and not worry about any delays going across the border. And our US subscribers have been so enthusiastic and are really enjoying finding out new companies and perhaps different reads. And sometimes, as you mentioned in our conversation, different book covers than would be available in uh, the United States. Yes. So for those that are listening, when I got Iona Iverson's Rules for Commuting, it had the UK cover versus the US cover, which is also the Canadian cover. And so it's interesting because that book particularly has a different title in the UK. So in Canada, it has the same title as the US book, but it has a different cover. So I thought that was so interesting, and I was thrilled to pieces to have that cover as well as the one I have here. Absolutely, and I love that too. We have both covers of Every Summer After that we used, and I have such particular tastes about covers, and it's exciting to have both of them, but it's also exciting to see what the differences are and what publishers and authors think different countries will find appealing. Well, covers are one of the number one things that I always talk about. I am very particular as well. So it's interesting to see what covers look like in different countries and why, but also just to see what resonates with people. Absolutely. There's certainly been a trend towards covers that are much more uh, cartoonish or you know bright and show off a side of the novel that I think sometimes isn't actually what the novel's about. I'm thinking about lessons in chemistry. I was really surprised by the cover because the cover I saw when I was reading an advanced copy was not the cover that ended up being the final cover. So it must be an interesting journey for the publishers and authors to come up with that. And there's been so much backlash about that cover. And backlash may be a strong word, but there's been a lot of negative chatter about that cover. The US one. I don't think the UK one is too bad. Did Canada have the same one as the US cover? I believe so. The bright orange was sort of the drawing. Yeah, I didn't feel like that suited the novel. And, you know, even the first looks at the movie that's going to be coming out, it's a different, my thoughts on what the cover could be, uh, fit more with maybe what the movie. So maybe the movie cover will be the one we love. Exactly. Though, like I said, I don't mind the UK cover. I feel like it still probably doesn't completely capture the story, but it does better than the US and Canadian cover. Absolutely. So when you launched initially in 2017, did you launch just as a subscription service? Yes, that's correct. So we started with a monthly subscription and, you know, we're really excited about that. And then we were reading so many novels that we saw all of these novels that we couldn't include in the monthly subscription when you're narrowing down to just one and one novel that you think will have universal appeal, appeal to a variety of readers. Um, you know, is often rich in characters and storyline. But then there's lots of other novels out there that you just want to showcase and, for me, curate a box around. So we began with our limited edition boxes, I believe not until about 2019. And 
we started offering our Christmas box first, and then we began adding in others. And we featured a wide variety. Our thriller boxes are very popular, as well as in the summertime, beach reads. It's just one of my favorite things to curate, (laughs) usually in the middle of winter, and get super excited for, you know, reading on a dock or a deck or a lawn or, you know, if you're really lucky on the sand. Well, you and I discussed this ahead of time as well, but I think we have very similar reading tastes because as I was looking through all the boxes, I'm like, oh, I love that book or, oh, I've spoken to that author. And you were saying the same thing that I had chatted with a lot of the authors that are books included in your subscription service. So I was happy to see that we share similar tastes. Absolutely. Yes. It's so great to see. And especially now that we've started doing Instagram lives with our authors for our monthly boxes, it's amazing to see and hear you know, podcasts of like authors that I have chatted with in an Instagram live and talking with those authors about their process and their novels. And it's just so amazing to me, the process that they go through in order to get their novel, you know, published and out there. And then for us to curate the items, to hear back from an author that they loved the items connected to their novel is just so exciting. It just feels so good to see it come to life and that they see that connection as well. Do you send the author the book box that involves their book? Yes, we do. As long as, you know, the publisher and the publicist, uh, you know, if that's something that's easy to do. Some of the authors live in different areas than, you know, they're publishing in whatnot. But uh, so far, yes, we've been able to send a copy to, to authors and absolutely love hearing back. It's so fun to talk to them about about those books. And we try to send it to a publisher and we offer them also a box if they want one for their family as well. Oh, that's so fun. Do you just get pitched constantly books that that publishers and authors want you to include in a subscription box or in one of your gift boxes? I don't know that we get as many uh, direct pitches. We do get some, absolutely. Certainly publicists that are looking for a subscription box feature. But I find uh, more so what we get is boxes and boxes of books at our doorstep, uh, which is probably my favorite part, because it is so exciting to see what's coming up. But we really need to work with our publishers to get them far enough in advance that we can read and select and curate. Certainly the last two years, supply chain challenges have really affected our ability to order enough of the items that we would like to include. Um, And sometimes, or quite often, actually, now we're trying to custom make items as well to help with that supply chain. We had a box that was due to go out today, and we're waiting on one item. And so, you know, it's so frustrating for our subscribers to have to wait. And I get that. But unfortunately, we are at the mercy of shipping, which is still a challenging endeavor. Well, and even backing up from the shipping, just all of the supply chain issues kind of from the ground up, it just seems like everything is taking so much longer than it used to. Absolutely. Last November, we had to pull a book at the last minute because the publisher found out it wouldn't be printed in time. Uh, We always use uh, freshly new released books so that our subscribers, a lot of them, you know, are such avid readers. They're reading so many books a month. We want them to get a box and not already have the book. So we're trying to get out ahead of that. But then, you know, I felt so bad for the author and the publisher because we weren't able to use it. We had already picked a novel for the month that it was, you know, the rescheduled month for it to release. So 
uh, still recommend lots of books that way that we aren't able to put in. But yeah, it's very interesting. It's a challenge I never thought I would have to deal with when I started this business, but perhaps that was naive of me. Well, who could predict a pandemic and knowing what supply chain issues even really mean? (laughs) I feel like we just talk about so many different things than we used to. It's kind of crazy. It is. Yes. Who would have thought there'd be paper shortages? That's something that never crossed my mind. Exactly. How far out do you select a book and how many in a row do you have? So say it's January. How far out do you have your choices done? We try to have them done four to six months out, but that sometimes that isn't a possibility. Sometimes we can't get enough uh, advanced reading copies in time. You know, sometimes there's delays, books get moved around. Uh, in an ideal world, it would be six months out, but I find we often are working three to four months out for the novel choice. Uh, and then that backtracks to selecting the items, which the moment we have a novel and as we're reading, we're taking notes all the time about what items could go with it. Certainly because we always include coffee, tea, hot chocolate, or in the warm months, a cold drink. We're always looking at what are the characters drinking? What are they eating? What are they doing? Where are they going? To sort of put those connections together. So you've picked a book for May, whatever that book is going to be. And you say, okay, this book is May. We think these five or six items would be great to go with it. Then you begin trying to source those items. Yes, that's correct. Yes. And that is so fun. (laughs) It's such a fun part of the process. Um, We begin sourcing items that would go together that would enrich the story that we could envision someone not only sitting down and enjoying while they're reading, but also something that they could use after that are going to remind them of a book that they loved. So for rules for commuting, you know, we created the bento box to be included because all of the characters eat on the train. In fact, eating on the train and the mishap that happens is how they get drawn together. So just loved focusing that box, which I know you will be able to showcase around the storyline and that idea of commuting and, you know, making sure that we've got the London rail images correct and that we're not using the underground images and making sure the color schemes are correct. So it's, uh, it's a really fun process and really creative and try to make sure that our readers aren't getting a whole bunch of the same thing. So that over, you know, a six or 12 month period, They're not seeing duplicates of any items or too many of a certain item. You know, I think we'd all love a candle in each box, but maybe not. Or maybe we'd really love socks in each box, but maybe we wouldn't at all. So trying to meet that together, there's a lot that goes into the process for sure. Do you keep a big chart that kind of says, okay, in January, we did this. In February, we did this. For our specialty boxes, we did this. So that you don't have that kind of overlap you're describing? Uh, I keep a big spreadsheet. A chart sounds like a great idea. I'm such a visual person and I actually don't love spreadsheets. Uh, My husband, the accountant does, but the spreadsheets are really helpful because we also have to calculate, you know, number of items and costs and a whole bunch of things that go into it. So yeah, a chart sounds great, but it's a spreadsheet. I'm such a visual person as well, but the nice thing about a spreadsheet is you can search. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you can go right in and be like candle or socks. And then you can be like, oh, okay, we've already done that three times this year. Maybe we'll wait a little longer on the socks or the candle. Exactly. So what about picking the books themselves? All of these books arrive to you and you are working your way through them. 
And do you usually know and do you and Mark both read each book and decide, okay, this is going to be it? Do you have disagreements? How does all of that work? I'm completely fascinated by it. (laughs) Absolutely. So I would say yes and no. It would depend on the month and it will depend on the book selection. So sometimes we've read three or four books that all are great contenders. And then that's sort of when it goes into, you know, a, a dueling match about which one will end up in the in the box. In some months, it's really clear what the front runner is. I also enlist uh, my parents and friends to read books uh, to get other perspectives. So it's pretty fun that way to sort of uh, get a few people to give their thoughts on a novel. And sometimes, especially if it's a really difficult topic, and, you know, perhaps one that, you know, might be offensive, or it might be, you know, too much for certain readers, that's something that I find really helpful to get other opinions on different topics affect people differently. Absolutely. And that is an interesting thought that I hadn't thought about with the tougher topics, you do want to make sure you have a sense for how it's going to impact people. Yes. And swearing in novels is another very controversial point. Uh, If we have a novel with gratuitous profanity, uh, we will absolutely get emails from readers um, saying that, you know, they didn't appreciate that. Sometimes they will email us when they've just started the novel, and I will be able to encourage them to keep going that we chose it for a reason that this is absolutely true to the character and would be, you know, really missing. But I would say, you know, we, we try to stay away from, you know, things that have really gratuitous profanity. It seems to be the quickest to offend more so than, you know, intimate relations or other, you know, more uh, difficult topics that deal with abuse, etc. That's so interesting that you say that because one, I feel like there's more and more gratuitous bad language in books. Like I am noticing it in so many more books that I read than I used to. But also there have been a variety of conversations about this on Twitter and Facebook and various places recently where, you know, their authors are kind of pushing back a little bit. Like, why are people getting upset with bad language? But other people are saying, I don't want all this bad language in my books. It's definitely a controversial topic. It really is. We did uh, a really cool independent book a few years ago that had a lot of gratuitous language in it. And in the end, people loved it, but some definitely needed to be uh, encouraged to read it. It was very fitting for the character. But our readership and our subscribers have a really big range. You know, we have, you know, sort of teens uh, to we have one of my favorite subscribers that I talk to all the time. The email is 87. So, you know, everybody's opinion is going to be really different. And your background, where you grew up, how much you hear swearing, what kind of, you know, movies or TV or radio you consume really impacts sort of the overall perception of it more than I thought it would. That is really interesting. And it definitely seems to tie in with other things I've been seeing recently. Well, that's good. It's not just us then. (laughs) No, for sure it's not. It definitely seems to be a topic that a lot of people are weighing in on recently. Yes, very interesting. And I think, uh, you know, I've seen lots of trends happen in the last couple of years. I would also say that, you know, the novels that are skyrocketing to the top of the bestseller list are ones that are providing people with a bit of an escape or are lighter or are scarier. It's, it's interesting what people choose when things are difficult worldwide. I've definitely found that I have enjoyed reading lighter with everything that's going on, that it's just such a nice escape. Absolutely. Yes. We've had a few subscribers say that they they don't want to read that. And I also think, 
which authors are publishing, you know, during difficult times or the last couple of years specifically. Um, you know, we've seen some of our authors that we were, you know, we sort of saw them on it like an every two year rotation. We're not seeing new novels coming out right away. So maybe they're taking time to think about what they want to write about. Or just slowing down a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Yes, as we all should. So your monthly boxes are only sold through your subscription. And then you have other boxes that you sell separately that are ones that you can just do as a one-off or buy them however many of them you want, but are there, that are centered around a certain book. Is that right? That's correct. And we are offering pass boxes from the monthly subscription. So they're totally a surprise if you get them in the monthly subscription. Your novel's a surprise. The items included are a surprise. But we do have some customers that like to wait until the box has been revealed so they know what the novel is and what the items are included. So we are offering pass boxes and we feature them on the buy now section of our page. So you can find Iona Iverson's Rules for Commuting on that page that you would have got as a surprise if you were a subscriber in June. So it gives a couple of different options, but you know, we often sell out of our monthly subscriptions and that's where you would miss out if you waited. Got it. I was wondering exactly how that worked because it has to be tricky on your numbers to try to make sure you have enough for your subscribers. But then if other people are like, wait a minute, I love Iona Iverson or that book sounds great. I'd love to order it that you have a few left over. Yes, absolutely. I would say that forecasting, you know, if only someone could invent, you know, um, some way to forecast with accuracy, but I don't think there's any industry (laughs) that can do that. So yes, we know that there are busier times of the year and slower times of the year. And we know that lots of people give subscriptions as gifts, you know, in the latter half of the year that would continue through to the first of the next year. We find that summer is a little bit different, that people are on holidays, perhaps summer reading, they're just picking up something light. So it really depends on the time of year. But like most industries, we see a bigger number in the latter part of the year and the first part of the next year. And then sort of we we build throughout the year. But then I'll say that and, you know, it'll change. So we try to guess based on our number of subscribers and then what we forecast coming in the future. I'm sure you have to ramp up for the holidays and then anticipate a lot of gift boxes so that January, February, March are also busy times. Absolutely. Yes. And it's so exciting because I love seeing the emails from, you know, family members or friends that are looking to purchase a subscription for somebody that they love, that loves to read, and they really want them to take that time to themselves. You know, our, our line is we're me time delivered so that it's all all together in one box for you. And I don't think there's any better gift than a great book and some time to yourself. I think that's exactly right. And that's a great way to pitch it because I do think people are focusing more on that as well, that self-care and having some time to yourself and making sure you focus on yourself before you can focus on others is a great thing to do. Absolutely. And there's nothing better than telling people about a book you just read that you loved. I think that every book lover, that that's just such a joy to tell people or to have friends ask you, what's a great book that you've read? That to me are really, you know, key parts of conversation. And, you know, I don't always want to talk about the news, but I'll absolutely talk to you about the book I just read. 
Well, I always say that to people, that I think books are the greatest connector because I go and speak to groups regularly about books and I'll get seated at a table with people I don't know. And, you know, you're thinking, what do we have in common? What can we talk about? But all you have to say is, what has everybody read recently they really liked? And then the conversation never stops again. Absolutely. Yes. And I love that everyone can talk about the book that they read and we can all learn from that regardless of the genre, the type, you know, whatever it is. It is such a great connector. It is. I love that about it. Carrie, is there one box in particular that you think has been your most successful? Oh, that's a hard one to quantify. Or most popular. I don't know. Maybe that's a better way to phrase it. Yeah, I would say that in terms of our limited edition, our most popular boxes are our Beach Reads box, our Halloween box, and our Christmas box. Those three, um, we at the beginning of the year sell them in a favorites bundle because they are often the favorites. But then the thriller lovers will say to you, no, it's (laughs) the thrillers that come out three times a year that are our favorites. And then we introduce all kinds of new boxes every year to test them out and try them. We did a plant lovers box this year, and that was hugely popular. So (laughs) readers love a wide variety of things. And we see that in the choices that they make. In terms of our most popular overall, I would say each subscriber is going to identify with a different box as their favorite. You know, we're sort of looking back at the first six months of the year and asking what were their favorite items to receive, which novels were their favorite. And it's a really great, varied response. So do you pull them? Do you send out surveys and ask that to get a sense for what people really responded to? Absolutely. And we run a private Facebook group that uh, we accept any members that have purchased from Sweet Reads Box. And in that group, we do a lot of polling of our customers. So that group gets a lot of, you know, opportunity for feedback. And we also hear from them about what they're loving in the boxes and maybe what they aren't liking as much. We get great feedback from people. I love getting feedback. I would so much rather that people, you know, send me an email or post in the Facebook group so that I know. But also um, what I love about that group is that everyone's tastes are so different. So what one person will say was their favorite box this year, you know, somebody will say, oh, I didn't love that book as much. Overall, our subscribers, I think, really identify with the choices that we make. And it's finding a balance between really popular books and also books that maybe people haven't heard from as much. Well, I always do love discovering a book that isn't so popular, kind of that hidden gem under the radar book. And so it probably is a balance between those and then some like lessons in chemistry that eventually everyone's going to want to read. So you have to kind of decide how can we balance that. And I love the idea of the Facebook group for another reason too, because say I read a book and I'm like, hmm, I didn't love that. Why'd they pick it? But then I get on the Facebook group and all these other people are raving about it. It kind of gives me a sense that maybe I'm an outlier or that so many different people are receiving the same box and you have to balance it all. Yes, absolutely. And I think that most people really understand that. And I think that it's just a great opportunity and a vehicle for feedback. We also send out formal surveys a couple times a year as well with incentives to fill it out, uh, contests to win, you know, subscriptions, et cetera. But I find the sort of immediate feedback really helpful for me. I can see that. Well, there are a lot of monthly book box subscriptions. What sets you apart? 
Absolutely. What sets Sweet Reads apart is that our boxes are curated entirely around the novel. So the items that are in the box are connected to the setting, the characters, details in the novel, etc. And they're a surprise. So you're not choosing your novel before it comes. It's sort of like that opportunity to ask your favorite book lover or librarian or, you know, just book person what books they love reading and what they'd recommend. So they're getting a novel that we have read and often a few of us have read and made a decision that this is a, a book we think people should read and will enjoy. So it makes us really unique that it's a surprise, that everything is carefully curated to the novel, and that we have custom goods that aren't available other places. And if you love an item, we have extras of them often on our merch store. So people can, you know, order additional snacks that they loved or an item that they loved from the box, but you can't get them other places. Now, other items we order from a variety of different businesses. And so they could find them other places, but it's about that whole experience. Well, and people seem to love book box subscriptions. I mean, I see so many unboxings all the time and I see yours a fair amount. In fact, one of my patrons, Susan McDonald, loves yours and posts about it regularly. And that's how I first heard about it. And then I was so happy that you and I connected up because she has great taste. And so I thought it was really fun to get to experience my own. And it's just beautiful what you all have done. Oh, thank you. We really want it to be an experience and a really special experience. And that true gift to yourself or to, you know, a friend or family member, it's a really fun box to receive. I'm thrilled. Uh, We pack the boxes. Obviously, we started packing in our basement, but we've moved on from there, thankfully. And we, you know, get a box shipped to us. And so I get the experience of opening it up and get really excited about it, even though I know what's inside. But it's just so special to open up a box and have that that joy. We also really focus on consumable items and useful items so that it's not just a whole bunch of things in a box. And I don't understand boxes where you pick every item yourself. That is just not something I would enjoy because, you know, I could do that by online ordering. That just seems not like a unique experience. It just feels like I ordered a bunch of things and put them in a box. Well, and back to your idea of the consumable things, to me, that is so nice because my daughter gets a YA box and it's always all these random things like bowls and all these things that we have to then find a place to put. And so I love the idea that you're going to eat it or, you know, a koozie was in my rules for commuting box. I will use that to keep my drink cold, but it's things that I'm either going to use or I will eat and they will go away. And so it's just nice because I think everybody's kind of tired of having stuff piling up. Absolutely. Yes, we all feel that way. And I think the other thing is that if there's an item you won't particularly use, we know that our subscribers will gift them to, you know, to somebody else. Or we hear a lot of subscribers that open their box and get the treat out of there as quickly as they can, so that they don't have to share with family members. So I think that that excitement of knowing you're going to get, you know, a coffee, tea, hot chocolate or cold drink, and then you're going to get a sweet that you're going to enjoy uh, with the box. We do do some salty snacks, but, you know, Sweet Reads does indicate that there will be a sweet in there. And that's a good mix, the sweet and the salty. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that would be my dream mix every time. Exactly. Well, what's next for Sweet Reads box? 
Well, right now we're uh, gearing up, you know, we're just, uh, you know, Christmas boxes out. Uh, we are gearing up towards the last part of the year and gifting season. But we have a really exciting new option that's going to be released in the next week. So we're going to offer a new subscription option that is still under wraps. But uh, by the time this publishes, we'll be out there in the world and looking forward to what people, what their feedback is about that. So What's next? You never know. Uh, there's very, there's so many possibilities for different boxes and so many opportunities to showcase novels and authors and really excited about, you know, seeing what, what comes forward in publishing and in the novels that are being released. And where can people find you? Absolutely. So our uh, URL is sweetreadsbox.com. It will prompt you if you're entering from the US or Canada, if you're on the wrong URL for the country to switch. And Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, all of those places. Uh, And we just love sharing and especially sharing our reader unboxings and commentary. So I just absolutely love seeing beautiful photos of the boxes and how people are enjoying or using the items. Great. Well, that is just wonderful. And before we wrap up, I would love to hear what you have read recently that you really liked. Absolutely. So one of my uh, interests and favorite areas of novels or reading is Indigenous authors. Um, And that's something that I have had an interest in for, you know, many years. I just read a great new novel by Billy Ray Bellacourt called A Minor Chorus. And such a great perspective, a really unique novel and something that I haven't read before. And my one of my favorite ones of all time to recommend is called Five Little Indians by Michelle Good about the residential schools in Canada and the treatment of Indigenous students within those. Other than that, I've read some pretty great Christmas novels on sort of a lighter side as we work towards choosing our Christmas box novel. So always fun to read those in the summertime. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. It's like you talked about reading beach reads in January and then reading holiday reads in June. So it always seems backwards. And I always have a little trouble with reading so far ahead because then somebody will say to me, well, what have you read recently that you really liked? And most of what I'm reading comes out like three to five months ahead. So I have to kind of get my brain to what has come out recently versus what I've read recently. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I also can't give away what our upcoming boxes are. So I absolutely know that those are great novels that I've read. And there's so many. I just absolutely love the chance to read novels ahead of time, too. It's exciting to to get to read them in those sort of really early formats. We used to get just advanced reading copy books, but now we get bound manuscripts more often to get them earlier so that we have a chance to read them. And I bet publishers are thrilled to pieces when they get your emails or your calls saying, we'd love to pick such and such book for December. Absolutely. Absolutely. And more and more, we're seeing authors and publicists also sort of understanding that that's that's really fun to receive. And like I said, the custom items around it are really exciting to our readers as well as, you know, the publishers and authors. Very different than just purchasing a book that comes in a box. Absolutely. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and coming on the Thoughts from a Page podcast. Thank you so much. Absolutely love this podcast and really excited to see if you'll be interviewing some of our upcoming authors as well. 
I know. I can't wait to see what your fall boxes are and see how much we match up. Exactly. It's great. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate your taking the time to listen to my podcast. I want to quickly share about this wonderful company I am now partnering with. I am always looking for entities that promote and highlight books and recently came across book clubs, a company who provides all sorts of resources for established and new book clubs, as well as individual readers. My own personal book club recently signed up on book clubs, and the group has been impressed with all of the great tools the site and app provide. The book club's website is linked in my show notes, and I hope you will check them out soon. Also, if you like my show, I would be so grateful if you would tell everyone you know about it and rate it on whichever platform you listen on. It truly makes a huge difference and really helps the show grow. I hope you will check out some other Thoughts from a Page episodes and have a great day. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.